Praise God. Praise God. You know, the the captive has to want to be set free. There are there are some who are in bondage, but they don't want to be set free. You, you say, are you serious? I'll give you an example. You can be seated. I'll give you an example in the natural. There are individuals that spend a lifetime in prison. Not because they got one sentence and were there for life, but they went in, spent some time, got out, did something, went back in, got out, and got to the point where they existed better inside the prison system than they did outside of it. I've heard of men actually doing things to get put back into prison. They just learn to live, the way I heard it expressed, they learn to live on the inside better than living on the outside. I've read stories of men who have spent much of their life in prison only to get out and the world changed so much. They said, you know what? I don't know any of this. I'd rather just go back. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. They became used to being in bondage. They became used to being in bondage. The prisoner has to want to be set free. The Lord does not force himself to break people's chains of bondage spiritually. I have to desire to be free. The Lord won't deliver an addict that doesn't want to be free. You understand that? He doesn't force himself on someone. So you have to... There's areas, and now we got to say, well, I'm not an addict and I'm not in prison. But there are areas, if I'm not careful, in every one of our lives that can hold us in bondage or captivity, an area of our heart, our thoughts, our emotions, our being, we have to go, hold on a minute. I don't want to keep living in this. I have to want to be set free. I got to want to be set free. What does that mean? It means I begin walking in repentance. I'm changing direction from where I used to go. I'm not going to keep doing these things that had got me in bondage. I'm going to turn from them. You say, but I can't. I don't have the ability. I've learned if I'll make a turn, the Lord will enable me. He'll strengthen me. I may stumble and fall, but you know what? I'm not going to go, well, I'm just going back. No, I'm going to get up again. I'm going to keep moving towards him. To break the bonds and the cycle of sin. 
This is his plan and his purpose. God, I want to be set free. Some people just say, you know what? I like it in bondage. Could the Lord just come and be with me in bondage where I'm at? You know, there's people that do that. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, didn't he? Bondage. Brought them out, took them through the Red Sea. I think if I witnessed that, I'd be like, man, God, whatever you're doing, I trust you, right? Man, I'm falling from the sky every day. I got food. I trust you. Whatever, Lord. It wasn't long. They were going, I would to God. We were back in Egypt. It's in the Word. I would to God. I was back in Egypt. Why did they want to be back in Egypt? Well, in Egypt, at least they knew they got three meals a day. They were bondage, at least had some things that they could count on. Trusting God, man, I just don't know. And we can easily forget the life trusting God is far better than one in bondage where everything's predictable. Don't be deceived by the adversary. If you're scared to trust God, if you've got a fear of taking a step of faith, I promise you fear is not of God. So something's trying to keep you from taking a step of faith, and it ain't God. This is what I, I'm trying to finish. I'm not the preacher this morning. I, I'm trying to finish. But here's what I picture. I picture... This was the mental image I got as we were singing that song, Break Every Chain. It is as though I saw individuals with shackles on their hands and, and feet with a chain connecting the two. If you've seen, you've seen that before. And walking about with them. And the Lord standing, just waiting for someone to go. Please, rather than this, rather than doing this, no, I'm okay. Break every chain, Lord. Break every chain. Break every chain. I'm not talking, the Lord's not going to humiliate you, you understand? Not try to err, but a willingness to open my heart and my spirit in vulnerability to God. Here's my marriage that seems to be falling apart. Here's, here's my home that I can't seem to get back to. Here's the battle in my mind that seems to be raging that I can't get peace over. I'm presenting it to you, God, in open honesty before you, God. I'm not, I'm not trying to hide it and keep some exterior like I've got it all together. Here it is. And expressing it to you, Lord. I'm acknowledging it. I'm not trying to air it out. We're not about, I've got to come confess and tell you. And i got to tell you. No, 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 no. There's one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. We confess our faults to him, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we bring that to him and present it to him. I'm telling you, by the power of the name of Jesus, he can break the bondage on my mind and your mind, on your heart, any area of your life. He can do this. How do I say that? Because I'm almost 52 years old and I've witnessed it again and again and again and again and again. 
And I could hand this mic off to several people that could tell you, I used to be in addiction. I used to be bound in gangs. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was this. I was that. My family was broken. But God's put my life back together. He's delivered me from addiction. He's given me family members back. He's healing my home. He's healed my marriage. Who did that? God did that because somebody came and said, God, I can't do it. You can help me. You can help me. Would you reach to him right there where you're sitting? The Spirit of the Lord is here for you. Come on, this is personal. He's personal. He's here for you. It's between you and him. It's between you and him. He's not going to ask you to stand up and tell everybody. He's a gentle, loving God. He won't humiliate any of us. But he says, would you, between you and him, would you... Would you honestly express to him, if you feel like there's some areas that you need some things broken in your life, would you be willing to just open your mouth and speak and say, Lord, I need you to do this. I've tried. Some of you, I hear, I hear the wrestling of the Spirit in your mind. I've tried, and it's never changed. Why don't you try, Jesus? Why don't you just try expressing that to him in open honesty? Let pride fall to the ground, and let there be an open expression and a declaring of that which you've warred against and say, come on, maybe it's maybe there's an addiction still in your life and you need to just declare it. I'm asking you, between you and the Lord, put that chain out there. How? By saying it. God, this addiction that's in my life. And name it. Come on, name it between you and him. Name it and extend it out there and let the Spirit of God minister, and he will. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray healing and deliverance to the glory of God alone. To the glory of God alone. In Jesus' name, you have to want to be free. You have to want to be free. Amen? Praise God. You got to want to be free. Last thought about that. Do you remember when Moses stood before Pharaoh? And he told Pharaoh, let my people go. Right? Why? That they may serve me. You know what that tells me? And Moses told him, no, no, we're not just taking the men. Right? Pharaoh, bondage, said, let me make an agreement with you. Just part. No. Okay, you and the, you and the wife and kids can go, but leap. No, no, we're taking everything. The cattle, all of them. We don't know what the Lord's going to ask us to sacrifice. We're going out in the wilderness to worship and offering to the Lord. I have a question for you. Why didn't the Lord tell Moses, go down into Egypt and tell them to start sacrificing those animals and worshiping me in Egypt and serving me in Egypt? Because they were still in bondage. And he said, for them to fully serve and worship me, I'm going to take them out of bondage. Did the Lord hear their cry in Egypt? Absolutely. That's why he sent Moses. But you can't cry out to God and say, God, 
deliver me from this mess. What I want you to do is leave me where I am, but change all the mess around me and make my life wonderful, but I'm going to keep staying in the mess. That just sounds crazy saying that, doesn't it? I know we don't pray it that way, but we ask God to bless where we are when God is trying to take us out of bondage so he can fully bless us. And if we're not careful, we'll fall into an attitude and a mindset that Israel did that said at least in bondage we had leeks and onions. I don't even know that somebody could think about going and having leeks and onions and thinks that's a good thing. You ever had leeks? Some of you are going, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Go look it up. It's on the grocery shelf. He wants to take you out so you can live in victory and in his promise. Praise God. I'm going to dismiss teachers to the class. They're going to have a great time in class today. And children, 4 to 11, they're going to have a great time. I'm sure of it. Amen. While they're going, let me uh, two things very quickly. First of all, uh, men, we usually use this venue, and so we will again. Uh, watch this week through our communication channel. We will send out uh, every year for the last couple of years, we've sent out a list of sort of things that need to be done around the building that are helpful. Many hands make light work. And so uh, we've been very, uh, everyone's been tremendously responsive. Uh, we just send out a list numbered of all the different little odds and ends, things that need to be taken care of. Some things take 30 minutes. Some things take an hour. Some things probably take two or three hours, depending on how many hands there are, um, and different levels of skill set. So don't, we don't want you taking something off a list and saying, I'll do it if you don't have that skill set. <laughs> Thank you for wanting to help, but don't, don't say, oh, yeah, I'll paint. No, I've never painted before, but I'll come paint that room. No, save us because we'll probably have to repaint it. So <laughs> don't. Don't agree. We, we appreciate the heart to help, but don't, don't step in over your skill set. Does that make sense? Amen? But we will, we will send a list out this week, and uh, we ask you, please take a look at that. And uh, if there's a, we number it so that you can reply and simply say a number, and we'll know, okay, that's who's taking care of that number on the list. Right? So you don't have to write a bunch of stuff. You can just go, I'll take three and two. Uh, but we'll send that out this week. And... Uh, Thank you for your, your help and caring for this place where we gather. Amen. And then secondly, uh, what a tremendous time we've had in early morning prayer on Saturdays. Um, I, I can't tell you, my heart was so touched yesterday. I, I'm praying up here and it. Man, at 4.30, I start hearing people come in the door at 4.30 in the morning. I start hearing people crying out to God. That tells me there's a hunger to touch God. I'll inconvenience my schedule. Time with God and the body of Christ reaching out is more important than sleep. Now, this isn't condemnation if you didn't come. Don't let the adversary beat you up that way. We understand. But there is a principle to praying before the break of day. We've shared some of that teaching out. And so throughout the month of June, every Saturday, the sanctuary will be open at 4.30 in the morning on Saturday mornings. And we are not coming for our personal time of prayer. 
when we come. We are coming to pray together to seek the face of God and the will of God for the work of the kingdom of God in these valleys and how he'd use us. All right? This isn't our personal time of gathering. This is a time of coming together to seek the face of God corporately for what he wants to do. Amen? And uh, I challenge all of us over the next 40 days. What happens if you get up before the break of day every day the next 40 days just to spend time with God? I promise you, you'll begin seeing some things change. Amen. But thank you. There were over 50 people here yesterday morning. I was overwhelmed by the response of hungry hearts desiring to touch God. And he hears us when we cry. Amen. Praise God. Brother John Stone is going to minister the word. I'm so excited. We love and appreciate Brother John Stone. Capable, anointed, and a gift to the body of Christ. Amen. So, Brother John Stone, would you please come? Please take your liberty. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Hart. Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord right now. Let's just ask him to continue what he has started in this place right now. He's begun a work. He's not done with what he wants to do because there's got to come some yielding and there's got to come some willingness to allow what he is asking uh, to allow to be done to be done in this place. Father, we thank you today for this opportunity, Lord, to give glory and honor to you. Lord, we're nothing without you. We can do nothing without you, Lord. We need your help, your leading, your guiding. We need your direction in our life, oh God. We need grace. We need mercy. And so we pray today that, God, you would help us in this place, God, to get where we need to be with you in our relationship with you. In drawing nigh unto God, he would draw nigh unto you. So help us today, God, looking into the word of the Lord. Help us with guidance and direction in how we can draw near to you, God, and allow the Spirit of God to simply work and move in power and in might and in demonstration of the Spirit today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you did not receive your healing yet, I want you to believe God that before this service is over that you'll receive it. If you need deliverance and it hasn't come to you yet, you may be struggling with that, accepting that, receiving that. I want you to pray about it during this next little time that we're together. I know that many times we doubt things and we wonder, and, and maybe this is somewhat new to some that are here today, but I'm here to tell you God wants to do something in every one of our hearts and lives today and drawing us closer to him. I need more of God today than I have ever needed God because of the day and hour that we live in. There is more craziness in this generation uh, that we are seeing than anything before. But let's hurry. Let's get to the book of Luke, the eighth chapter. Uh, I'm going to condense this in the reading to start out, but I'm going to cover quite a bit of material. I'm actually going to continue on the thought that Elder Hart has had. In fact, I'm going to preach a title if you let me give it a title or I want to leave a thought with you. Opportunity. We're going to look at one man who took advantage of his opportunity and let God do a miracle in his life. 
We're going to see a group of people who did not take advantage of the opportunity, and it became a missed opportunity when Jesus was there to minister to them and completely change and transform their lives. And so we want to look into the Word today. I'm going to actually start in, let's start in verse uh, 30 of chapter 8. This is the story of uh, the demonic man. And I'll catch you up in a minute, but my focus is really going to be in the last half of this chapter, okay? And Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And he besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him, dealing with the devils, that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them or allowed them to go into the pigs. Then went out the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they that fled saw what was done, I want to draw your attention here. The man, those men, the Gardenians, they actually saw this miracle that we're going to go back and pick up. But I, but I want to draw your attention to an opportunity that God was doing. He got in a boat, went across the lake to where these men were at, specifically to minister. You are important to God. He knows where you're at. And he's coming to you today specifically to say, I want to help you. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to bring you out of this. I give you deliverance. I can help you in this realm. I can heal your body. I can heal your mind. Whatever you're going through, God wants to help you today. And he goes on. And they fled. Okay. And they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devil was departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. But notice at the front of this, they that went out to see what was done. Here's another group of men. They went into the city, and they told everybody what had happened, and the city's now coming out to see this man named Legion. He's a wild man. He's got a bad reputation. Nobody's inviting him to dinner. Nobody wants him at their house. No barbecues, no nothing. He's a wild man. He's crazy, man. He's got four to 6,000 devils in him. If you're here today worried about the devil, please understand 6,000 devils couldn't kill one man. Don't give that devil any credit. He may torment you. He may throw thoughts at your mind. But you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on. In that name of Jesus, you have power over those thoughts, power over those things that are going on. Now, you've got to use that name. You've got to speak that name by faith in that name. And God will honor that and allow things to happen in your life. Okay. They also, which saw it, told them by what means that was... Uh, possessed of the devil was healed. I mean, they, they, they tell the story, man. You got to see the guy was crazy. It was wild. But this guy gets out of a boat, man. You can't believe it. And he's delivered. He's not crazy anymore. He's sitting. He's clothed. Now, I want you to catch something else. He's in his right mind. Come on, the world of addiction, you're never going to be in your right mind. 
You can't think straight. You can't see things straight. It's the influence of, of the enemy, the devil, and you can't see things. I w- I'm here to tell you, God wants to clarify some things in your mind. He wants to heal them, wants to take things out today if you'll let him in Jesus' name. Okay. And the whole multitude of the uh, country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, and they were taken out with great fear and went up into the ship and returned back again. Opportunity. we got to back up because when you look into the word of God, we know that this was written in a, in a if I could use the word novel, but in a book form. It was later added, the chapters and the verses were later put in. If we're not careful with that, sometimes we think Jesus is changing the subject of what is really taking place. There are several things that are coming in a correlation of getting to where we just read. And and that's where we're going to come back and we're going to pick it up because God is doing something. Isn't it amazing how he can show you some things? Why? Because he's wanting to do something in your life. For you that this is all new today and different, God's trying to show you something. I got more for you. Hey, I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful God's willing to work and wanting to work in my life. He's got more for me. I'm here to tell you I want more. I'm not satisfied with my walk with God. I love God and I love the things of God. But I know there's more for me. Because every day is a new day, a new opportunity, and to serve God and see what God would do and how God would work. Let's pick this back up in verse 22 if you want to read it. But I'm just going to go through this. Jesus has fed the multitude, and he dealt with the kinship and and told some parables. Now, he's getting in the boat, and he he tells the disciples, let's go over to the other side uh, of the lake. Get in. Let's go. We know that Jesus goes down in the bottom. He's tired of the boat, and the, but down there, he starts taking a nap. Well, it doesn't take very long before a great mighty wind comes up on that lake, okay? And, and the storm comes. The Bible said the boat began to fill with water. That's a whole lot of wind. And we see here that the disciples were very concerned. Lord, do you care that we perish? We're drowning, man. We're taking on a lot of water. And they got to go down and wake him up. I'm here to tell you Jesus doesn't get shook about anything. He's always in control. I may think it's out of control. I may think my life's upside down, but I want you to understand he's always in control. No matter what it looks like to me and what I'm seeing, i got to put my faith in him. God, you already knew this was going to happen. You've had this plan, so help me understand. What are you doing in my life right now? What are you wanting me to see? What are you wanting me to understand? And so God is working in their lives. And, of course, they come down, and they, Jesus, we perish. Now, this is interesting to me. Jesus gets up and he calms the sea, stops the wind, stops the storm. See, this is what's interesting to me. Nobody can tame that ocean. Nobody can tame the sea. Many sailors have lost their lives and boats went down because of the storms that are there. But when the second temple was built in the Old Testament, the Jews believed that when the Messiah come, he would even have control over that wind and that ocean. And it would be a signal that here is the Messiah. He has arrived. He is on the scene. And here are these disciples. They begin to see this. Uh, man, who is this guy that even the winds and the sea obey him? 
And that ain't even my point. My point is this. There's a man named Legion in a cave. And there's a storm taking place. Now, I, I don't know. This is in Mark chapter uh, 5, Matthew chapter 8, and in Luke chapter 8. This story is told in each one of these things. But I go back to the book of Mark because in the book of Mark, he comes out to meet Jesus. I believe the reason he, when he, I believe that the wind and everything got his attention. But when he walked out of there, I believe that he saw Jesus calm the storm. Why else would he run to him? He's seeing this storm. Here's a guy on a boat. He gets out. Peace be still. He combs the sea. And this man's watching. He's full of devils. He's demonic. Folks, I want you to understand something. Nobody likes living in that place. He didn't know where to turn and where help would be. But Jesus gets in a boat to go to him, to help him where he's at. God is trying to meet somebody today right where you're at. Right what you're going through right now on purpose. We're not here by accident today. God has orchestrated some things. God has put some things in, into this place. And, and, and here this man is, this demonic man named Legion. And I believe he sees it because there's something that gets his attention that causes him to go down to where Jesus is at. And then we start into this miracle of complete deliverance of this man. And so I want to go to Ecclesiastes verse Chapter 9 and verse 11, because I want to help us understand. I'm going to work with Elder here in what he opened with saying, uh, because I, I think the Lord's trying to do something here. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet the bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But I want you to catch this last phrase. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Time and chance. God is saying, this is your time. This is your chance for things to be different. Legion, this is your time. This is your chance. What do you want to do with it? Are you willing to receive it? You want to get out of the tombs. You want those shackles off you. Do you want to quit cutting yourself? Do you want to quit being just crazy? You can't go into town. Family doesn't want you around anymore. But opportunity has come. Time and chance are coming. You'll say, preacher, I'm, I'm, I'm not a drug addict. Let me ask you some questions then. When Elder opened this up about praying for different things, do you understand it was your time and chance? God was orchestrating a time for you to be healed. God was orchestrating a time for you to, to take out a step of faith. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, now I've been guilty of this, but, but I know that sometimes they'll ask for anybody sick to come forward and you go, well, I'm not that bad. See, my time and chance had come. 
but I didn't take advantage of the opportunity where God wanted to heal my body or God wanted to change my life. So you got to realize time and chance are happening somewhere and so we begin to realize time and chance happens to them all now legion sees jesus is the miracle worker he's the life changer See, something called hope came into his life, I believe, that day that he was there. I, I don't have to live this way anymore. It may take a few years, but I'm going to be able to go back home, and, and I'm going to be able to be with family again. You know, I, I might even get my own family. I can put my faith in God, you know, because right now it's pretty rocky, but, but I'm here to tell you, chance has come to me, and, 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 and it's my time. What will we do with it? and chance okay so we see here that that things are beginning to happen he's a way maker he's the life giver he accepts this he's willing to receive this how about you and I whatever God is dealing with you today I have to receive it See, the devil will tell me, you're not good enough, you, you, you don't need this, they're crazy, what do you think, you, you know what I mean? No, 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 God is here. You feel God, you, you feel the drawing of your spirit, but you got to realize because this is your time and your chance to go deeper with God. What if it would be my time or my chance to really repent and come clean with God? Now, I know nobody here is playing games with God, but let's just say somebody was playing games with God, and I'm really not willing to come clean. God is telling me there's a time and a chance you can really come clean. Brother Lewis, when you opened up, in my mind, it's all or nothing at all. I got family that didn't talk to me. I had a mother that once she came in, got baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. When, when she fell away from God, wanted nothing to do with my wife and I or the grandkids. But this is an individual walk. It's not about how many people are around me. See, because when I stand before the judgment seat of God, it's going to be between me and him and my relationship with him. Not what family did, not what these individuals did, but what was my decision in serving God. When my wife came to the Lord before I did, and, and it was interesting because she said, God, my husband would never serve you. And the Lord spoke to my wife and said, well, if you die tonight, where would you spend eternity? This is individual. 
I know we're a family, but this still comes back to an individual walk with God. Family can't get me to heaven. It's only when I've allowed the Lord Jesus Christ to work in my life. That's why I repent. That's why I'm baptized in that wonderful name of Jesus. And all my sins are washed away. I get an answer of a clear conscience toward God. I take on that name that I have authority when I pray. And I'm seeing the hand of God work in my life. He now fills me with the Holy Ghost because I need the Holy Ghost. I'm not strong enough in myself. I can't do this in myself. I can't even do this today in myself. God, you've got to work. You've got to move. You've got to touch charge you've got to minister into life see when we understand i need him in every area of my life every area and so i, I think it's important when we begin to just keep coming down through here now in, in verse 28 now we know that he didn't that he was naked we know that he cut himself we know that he had broken handcuffs if i could use the word handcuffs they they call them fetters but you and i would understand that uh, a little better in today so he was rough uh, he lived in a graveyard the tomb was a graveyard is what he lived in back in the rocks because he wasn't welcome in town and when jesus and when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. The devil was saying, don't judge me yet. I don't want judgment yet. Just keep going. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept in bound with chains and fetters and break the bounds and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him saying, what is thy name? And he said, legion, because many devils were entered into him and they besought him that he would not command them to go back into the deep or command them to go into the deep. That word deep there literally is hell. Don't send us back where we came from. That's why they asked to go into the pigs. See, what you have to understand, Jesus has all authority. There's 6,000 devils and one Jesus. Do you realize that the angel that will get Satan and put him in that bottomless pit don't even use a name? Because you and I have that same authority. You've got that. Now, the thing about authority is this. It's no good if you don't use it. I can have all the authority in the world. But if I don't use that authority in prayer and what I'm dealing with, you know what's going to happen? Nothing. Now, the opportunity was there for me to use that. The opportunity was there for me to speak, to witness, to reach out. Time and chance come to them all. My day, my time, and this is my chance for everything to be different. You could be here today and you've made a lot of mistakes in life. Well, join the rest of us. I was 24 before I came to God. My kids have no idea of my background. I would never share it with him. I stand here by the grace of God, Elder. 
I don't deserve in this flesh to be saved. Not in the things I've done. But when time and chance came to me, and the Lord began to deal with me. See, I saw a brother-in-law who's supposed to be dead. They pulled the sheets on him at the hospital. Said, get all the family in here. He's not going to make it. Maybe an hour, maybe two hours. As a kid that had no church background, I watched God raise that man up. From a coma with no doctors. No doctors, just a preacher. A man of God walked in there, laid hands on him, prayed over him in the name of Jesus, and the power of God touched that man and raised him up. He, didn't, he was sitting up in bed from a coma to sitting up in bed the next morning talking and interacting with us. See, I'm like the demonic man. I saw something. Whoa, this ain't ordinary. Whoa, this is the hand of God. Only God could do this. See, God comes to us at different situations in time to make himself real and let him know this is your time and this is your chance. What will you do with it? What will you do with it? And so let's jump to verse 34 because we got a different group of people here. Um, Acts chapter 3, very familiar with so many of us because of the man at the gate, beautiful. But when you read about the gate beautiful, the definition of that, do you know that it means coming at the right time? Now, time and chance happen to us all. You know how many years that man had been carried to that gate? Now, you may say, but preacher, I've tried this before. Time. The timing of God for today. You know what? I think of crazy stuff. How many times did Jesus walk by him in three and a half years? Wasn't his time. A couple of broke preachers were going to come by later named Peter and John. (laughs) Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have. Reach down in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Why? Because today's your time. It's your time. God had all this orchestrated. He saw you from the first day you were sitting there. He knew when you were born. Come on. He knows where you're at. Don't think, God, God, do you know where I'm at? And the misery and the pain and the heartache. God didn't put you there. Poor decisions put me there. Bad behavior put me in that place. And now I have to come to that place. God, I'm sorry. I've been running. I've ignored you. I've tried to push you out of my mind, but I'm done. I wish I could tell you the first time they witnessed to me, I said, oh, I've been looking for this all my life. I said, no, thanks. I got plans, man. I got things that don't include God. I got plans where I'm headed and things I'm going to do that I don't got time for this church business. Aren't you glad God doesn't give up? God did. See, that's why I know time and chance, because I've lived it. I've lived it. For two years, God was patient with me. Patient with me. You know why? He had a purpose. You know why God's patient with you? He's got a purpose. 
got a ministry for you. And you can do things that others have never done. We're all different. Elder Hart and I, our ministries are different. Not that that's a bad thing. Don't, don't get me wrong, but, but we had different upbringings. I wasn't raised in a, a godly home and, and, and violence and gang, not gangs, but violence and shooting and all that kind of stuff. That, that's how we grew up. That was part of life. So our, our backgrounds are different. I, I've got stuff that I've had to overcome. I've got stuff I've had to deal with, hatred and bitterness. I, I've come from a broken home. But God brought, I, I can remember being full of hate and bitterness. And I remember the day that God come to me and let me know, okay, this has went on long enough. And you need to get over it. I remember repenting, God, help me. Please understand, in everything God is asking you to do, I find a pattern You can't find one place in Scripture where somebody said, Lord, help me, that he didn't help them. Look at it. Look at it. Self-Phoenician woman. Lord, help me. Okay. (laughs) Even though i got to reach ahead into Acts chapter 10, get your miracle and bring it back here. That's how important you are to God. That's how important you are to God. Verse 34. We're going to deal with they saw what they saw and how they responded. This is Jesus dealing with Gentiles. Okay? Because this was a city of Decapolis. These were Gentile farmers. Okay? Jesus came to give them an opportunity to be saved and to know him. They would call him a guy later called the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles. But God didn't go there, I don't believe, for one man. Not when the whole city come out and, and saw what had happened, the miracle. 95% of people come to God in a miracle. And he was doing a tremendous miracle that day. This is the problem. They chose money. Over salvation. Financial gain. Over salvation. See they had an opportunity. God had visited them. God was doing something in their life, but they came to a place that when it come down to it, are you ready to receive it? Are you willing to receive it? There's a lot of lost opportunity in scripture. How about the rich young ruler? Oh, you want to follow me? Awesome. You want to be involved in ministry? Great. Just got one thing you need to do. You know how merciful God is? I love this. This is how merciful God is. I've done everything from my youth up. I've followed all the commandments. You know that ain't true. Come on, ain't no way he was perfect. Notice what Jesus said. Oh, okay. This one thing you lacked. He had money. Go sell what you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Matthew, you're done being a tax collector. You're not going to work in this booth anymore. I want you to follow me. Whether you realize it or not, everybody's following something. Some follow Hollywood. Hollywood. 
Some follow the sports world. It's their God. They know more about individuals and stats and everything, but they don't know anything about God. I want to know about him. You do understand there's a difference between knowing about somebody and knowing him. I would venture in this room, and I could be wrong, that many of you know quite a bit of the stats on Russell Wilson. But have you ever met him? Do you know him? See, I know about him. I know what he's accomplished. But I've never met him. I want to meet him. I don't want to know about him. I want to meet him. And I want to have interaction with him. And when that opportunity comes, I, I don't want to be like these men, the Gardenians, and, and they sent him away. Hey, go. No, no, you get back in that boat and you get away from us. You, you, you go, go, go. We don't want that here. Lost opportunity. It was there. What will you do with time and chance this morning? If God wanted you to be filled with the Holy Ghost this morning, he wanted to give it to you this morning, would you receive it? If this was your time, that God said, I want to fill you, would you be willing to open your heart and worship him? If you're struggling today with your past and God's dealing with you about going into the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus, come on, time and chance are here right now. I can feel it right now. Would you be willing to say, okay, God, I've repented, I've surrendered. In fact, I've been kind of procrastinating about taking this step. You've been dealing with me, but God, I'm not going to procrastinate any longer. God, here I am. I'm ready. And there'll come that submitting to God. That, that willingness to say, God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. See, we're, we learn our entire life how to be obedient to God. We're learning our entire life to hear the voice of God and put faith in God and confidence in God that he knows what's best for my life. And that's why I'm yielding myself to God. And if he's asking me to repent, then God, help me this morning. If he's asking me to get baptized, I'd get with my elder and I'd say, Elder, would you baptize me in Jesus' name? God's been dealing with me. God's trying to take you someplace. And how he's taking you, there's some journey that you need to go on. I was witnessing to a man this week, and he made a statement to me. He said, the journey's kind of rough right now. I said, let me encourage you. The miracle is in the journey. The blind man, Jesus put mud on his eyes, said, go wash in the pool of Shiloh. Now, he didn't go away seeing. But in the journey, in the journey, in the trial, along the way, the miracle happened, and God opened his eyes. Please understand, some of you are in a journey, but God is with you in this journey, and God's going to do something powerful in the journey. I, I know some things seem to take a long time, while other things don't take hardly any time at all that you pray about. I remember we had a church secretary, 
And we had won her to the Lord, and her husband took 14 years to win. But he came in. My neighbor took 13 years of witnessing and testifying and cooking dinners and doing everything else. And yet others you can witness to the first time and they respond. You got to realize this is all the work of his kingdom. He's doing something in it. But I got to accept this is in the journey. This is part of trusting God. This is part of believing that he knows what he's doing. Even when it doesn't look like it's going how I want it to go. They're not behaving how I want them to behave. That's okay. You're not God. I'm trusting him. When you pray for somebody, you may be here this morning. I've been praying about this, and they're worse now than they've ever been. In fact, they're drinking more than they've ever been, cussing more than they've ever been, more hard to get along than they've ever been. I'm going to encourage you right now. That's because God's trying to answer your prayer. God's dealing with them, and they're fighting against God. But because you're faithful and because you love God. God save them, Lord. I'm believing you can do this. God said, I'm working on it. That's why they're acting so crazy. That's, that's why you're dealing with all this craziness because they're fighting against me. I'm drawing them. I'm working in their life. I'm trying to bring what you're asking to happen today. Come to know me as Lord and Savior. Don't get discouraged when it gets worse. Just thank God. Oh, I can see your hand working now. Boy, that fired them up, didn't it? And that, that yeah. Come on. You, see, our faith, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And all of us have prayers in this place that we're praying for that haven't happened yet. But we know a God who answers prayer. And I'm convinced today it will be in his timing. Not in mine. If you and I had our way, we'd be spoiled so bad nobody could stand us. Nobody. We want to pray, happen, 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 happen. God said, nobody could stand you if I did it that way. <laughs> but I got to teach you some patience, and I got to teach you how to be humble, and I got to teach you how to walk with me, and I got to teach you how to trust me. So I need all of this to become what Jesus is asking me to do. Would you stand with me today? Opportunity. What are you battling? What are you dealing with this morning? If you'll notice that the song service led us in the direction of miracles, signs, and wonders in the power of the name. Elder Hart followed through in the same vein of the Spirit of God. I already knew what I was going to preach a few days ago. So for me, it was just confirmation that he's wanting to do something here supernatural. Supernatural. Miracles. You know why we call it a miracle? Because we can't do it. But you could, Lord. I can't deliver myself, but you could deliver me. God, I can't heal my body, but you could heal my body. God, I, I, I battle all these thoughts in my mind, and, you know, I'm trying all kinds of things. Turn it over to him. Come on. Come on. This is your time, and this is your chance. You don't have to be tormented anymore. Come on. Legion was tormented, and somebody's dealing with fear today, and that fear is torment, and God wants you to give him those fears that you have. You may have a fear. Well, what will people think if I serve God? Who cares?
See, we worry about people. Oh, what will they think? What will they think? I was a cowboy before I came to God. My nickname was Cowboy. Everybody called me Cowboy. Hey, Cowboy, what are you doing? I came to God. Then they called me Jesus Freak, Holy Roller, Soul Patrol. Come on. I don't care what you do. People are going to label you and people are going to say things. But I've made up my mind. It's for me and my house. We're serving the Lord. Call me what you want to call me. Make fun of me. Don't come to my house anymore because I'm serving God. And you want to keep doing drugs and alcohol and everything. But I've separated myself. I don't want that in my house anymore. Folks, I've walked down that road. I've told people, you're more than welcome to come. But no more drugs. No more alcohol. You can't come and bring that here anymore. About 90% of the people I knew... (laughs) Never came back. And that's okay. I've made a new direction for my life in serving God. And I don't want that influence in my life to hinder where I'm wanting to go with Him. God's trying to take you someplace. I wish you could see this morning how important you are to God. See, the devil lies to us. You're not important. Nobody cares about you. Jesus loves you. You are important. He named you in your mother's womb. He already had a ministry and a plan for your life before you were even born. I'm not sure who's getting baptized today, but this was all orchestrated by God. Come on, he knew there'd be a day and a time that his plan would start being fulfilled in your life. Could you just lift your hands? Let's just begin to worship him this morning. Lord, I'm here today to open my heart and to open my spirit to you, God. Three different times you have spoken to us today, God. Once in the song service, once through elder heart, once through the preaching of the word, God. Three times you're talking to me. Three times you're knocking on my heart's door. Three times you're trying to draw me by your spirit into this place you've called me to be. In this place you're wanting for my life, God. And so I'm asking you today, God, help me. Help me, Lord, to take that step of faith today. God, help me to step out from where I am at and I walk to this altar by faith in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be obedient, God. I'm going to seize the opportunity like Legion did, that his life could be changed. This altar is open. Come on, step out by faith. Come on, let the enemy know you can't hold me back. I've heard the word of the Lord. I've made up my mind. I'm going to serve God. Whether anybody else does or not, I'm going to serve you and walk with you, Lord God. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost speak to your heart today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, if you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to step out from where you're at right now. And I want you to come to this altar, lift your hands, and just begin to worship God. And tell him how much you love him. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is your time. This is your chance that God wants to meet with you in a real and in a powerful way today. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on, beautiful. That's it. Come on, in the name of Jesus.
Come on, just begin to worship. Come on, just lift your hands, close your eyes. Just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship him right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Beautiful. Come on, that's it. Come on, just begin to love him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, beautiful worship. Come on, beautiful surrender. Come on, this is your day. You're not going to leave here the same way you came today because of, your, of you and God right now in the name of Jesus. God intervening in your life. God intervening in your situation this morning. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I was a wretch, I remember who I was, I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time, then sin separated, the breach was far too wide, but from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owed, broke my chains, freed my soul, for the first time I had hope Thank you Jesus For the blood applied Thank you Jesus It has washed me white Thank you Jesus You have saved my life brought me from the darkness into glorious light. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood, the blood that calls the sons and daughters we are ransomed by our Father through the blood, the blood. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood, His blood that calls the sons and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father through the blood, His blood. 
Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. Brought me from the darkness into glorious light. I see shattered, but you see whole. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to believe that you're restoring me by peace there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy you washed me in mercy I am clean there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy you washed me in mercy I am clean what was dead now lives again my heart's beating beating inside my chest Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny. Cause you're restoring me piece by piece. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean, there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy, I am clean. Oh, 
I'm washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white, and my dirty rags are purified. I am clean, because there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You've washed me in mercy. Oh, I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white, and my dirty rags are purified. I am clean, washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white, and my dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In one of the writings there, might have been there in Luke 8, in one of the Gospels, anyway, where Jesus dealt with this man at the Gadarenes. We find Jesus only saying one word. Speaking to those demonic spirits that had controlled his life for only he knows how long. And Jesus just said, go. Go. They begged to go in the swine, and Jesus said, go. Sometimes we are so, especially in North America, we are so caught up in emotion that we quit. And God made us with emotion. I'm not faulting emotion. Don't misunderstand me. But we get so caught up in emotion that we go, well, I don't feel like. 
Well, I don't know that I feel that. I don't know how much that man felt in that moment when God said, go. But he knew something had changed. He received the word of faith. The word of faith. And for some of you today that stepped out in faith, I recognize something took place. Something took place by the Spirit of God working. You'll know. You'll know. I was in a Bible study the other night. And a, a man was there testifying. I think I say this. He's not, he's not here this morning in this service. He said, man, I'd been trying. I'd been trying things. He'd battled with alcohol. He said, I've been trying. I've been trying. But God filled him with the Holy Ghost at men's conference, I think. And uh, he testified Tuesday night. He said, this was always my battle. He said, I don't, know what, I don't know when it happened. I just realized I wasn't drinking anymore. I didn't want to. I was just done. And then one day I realized I haven't, I haven't wanted or done. Or, I just realized. Clearly, he didn't feel something when God delivered him. His own testimony told that. He didn't feel God reach in and go, alcohol. I'm, I'm not saying you're an alcoholic. <laughs> he didn't say, I felt God reach in and grab that influence of, you know, alcoholism is a spiritual influence. There's a reason they call hard liquor spirits. He didn't say, man, I felt the hand of God reach in and grab that spirit and pull it off of me so I wasn't into this. He said, I don't know what happened, but I, I just didn't even realize. See, we associate so much with feelings sometimes, and the adversary knows that. And so you know what the adversary does? He works on our feelings. And then you know what we do? We speak out things that we ought not speak. And we let the adversary know, oh, you're affecting what I'm thinking. And we begin speaking out these things. Life and death. Better quote it right. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The things you say, you say, oh, that's how I talk about somebody else. Sure, but it's also how you talk about yourself and what God has done for you or not done for you. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I don't believe in that garbage. I'm talking about a word of faith and standing on the living word of God. You have faith. You really do. You have faith. How many of you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ died on a cross, shed his blood for you. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you believe that. How many of you? Now put your hand down. Now how many of you saw that happen? Raise your hand. How many of you felt it when it happened? 
<laughs> but you have faith for something you haven't seen, you weren't there, you didn't feel it. How many of you believe that one day the trumpet's going to sound and he's going to take the church out of the earth to be with him? Believe that? Now, we haven't seen it happen yet. See, here's the thing. We have faith for the past. We have faith for the future. But the adversary bombards our emotions and our feelings to rob us of faith for the present. See, we don't have feeling tied to the future. We have hope. In the past, if he's delivered us, we have joy over it. But the present, see, our, our present circumstances have a way of causing us to discard faith. Don't believe the adversary. You got faith. Just lay hold on it and speak it. God, I don't know how. I don't see how. I don't even feel how. But I stand on your word. And I know by the authority of your word and by your name this is in your hands. I have faith for now. My circumstance that I can't change, you can. And for some of you, I'd start declaring, you have. Whatever I didn't see today, but I, I, I have faith for the word of God that I heard. I have faith for the word of God that spoke to my life, even though the man of God didn't know me or doesn't know what I'm going through. I heard. Therefore, I must believe that God knows where I am. And so I have faith that God has reached into my situation and turned it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. God bless you. We have a baptism today. Amen. We're going to baptize Hannah in Jesus' name. And so uh, feel free to greet somebody. If you have to go, you can go. If you'd like to stay for a few minutes and witness somebody being buried in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You, you can do that. Amen. God bless you. Greet someone in Jesus' name.